0: Hey, premium subscribers welcome to the debrief our episode after the episode with arthur hayes david we got arthur on the podcast um it felt like this was a hard guest to actually get on the podcast why do you think so
1: yeah um he's got legal problems the, a, little, a little bit of legal problems perhaps <laughs> that's the short, that's a quick yeah answer. the other the other thing is that um what was i i was talking to arthur in telegram dms uh and he said something that he's like, "Oh, Yo, can you like, uh, like summarize what Bankless is?" And like, remind h- me who r- you are again. Yeah, it was like, "Wait, <laughs> bro, you know, he, he like needed to be to be told like what Bankless is." And like, the fact that Arthur has gotten that technical about the merge and doesn't know what Bankless is is like, how did you do that, bro? David, there's a lot of people on the planet that don't know who what Bankless is. But okay, but I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying. The population of people on the planet that know intimate details about the Ethereum merge and also <laughs> don't know what yes. Bankless is is extremely small,
0: and have written eth bull, bull pieces right. on it.
1: Yes, it's like
0: where do you th- where'd you get your information?
1: Right, yeah. So it's like he's very much like a primary resource in that, like, he's not you looking to other people's like content to inform his decisions. He's just. Looking at the fun, but, but where, yeah, where does he get the fundamentals he could for be either, right? Coy.
0: He could have just been playing coy with you and just been like, Yeah, he's yeah. like playing a Getting thumb war stats. with me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's a traitor. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I, um, so what did you think of him after spending 90 minutes talking to Arthur Hayes? The, yeah, okay, so can, can I just say my what, what you, what you preconception, <laughs> not what I thought? I, I just because I want a contrast point. Um, I was not an Arthur Hayes fan in 2018
1: because he wrote, wrote two digit shitcoin? maybe mm. and i'm
0: wondering if retrospectively like i just didn't the only thing i knew about arthur hayes was like he uh created this exchange called bitmex mm-hmm. and set up it's bitcoin, only bitcoin as the asset yep. was a complete bitcoin maximalist about it everything traded uh, against bitcoin and here he is with products that allow the shorting of ether an asset that I was very excited about and right. here he is spreading uh FUD. F- what i consider fud right. about ether as a as a double digit shit coin so actually using um maximalist you know, verbiage to like uh-huh. denigrate the thing and like short it out of existence and i thought this was like part of maybe the wider bitcoin maximalist he was uh, he hatred. was in the bitcoiner
1: camp right he was in the bitcoiner camp
0: mm. now retrospectively I look back at that and I'm wondering if is that just Arthur being Arthur, being a traitor?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I was
0: just like angry about that, either because of you know maybe some bag bias or because I was kind of just um because it went to double digits, David. It did. Yeah. And he, had, he was right. I didn't want to accept that truth, but he would, like Arthur was right, and that's what I sort All of right. realized on the back of this. Uh, I don't know. So that's the contrast point, at least for me.
1: No, I went through. I went through that same process. It was like, oh, Arthur, he was. A Bitcoin ally like Bitcoin hero at the time Bitcoiners love BitMEX because it's like this offshore derivatives exchange that like gives the middle finger to the kinda nation sketchy. state kind of kind of appropriately sketchy but like a plant of the flag for freedom. Kind of like Tether uh, a little bit like Tether. Yeah. Uh, and like I think a lot of the Ethereum people had this done exactly what you said just like lumped Arthur in with a Bitcoin camp. Um but then he was like so ready and willing to like pivot into from two di- d- two digit shitcoin into five ducking digits <laughs> uh, that like in hindsight he's just like and I think the Ethereum camp does this a lot where they like accidentally place people in certain camps not like in this sort of like you know tribal warfare mentality is like if you're not with us then you're against us. Uh, and so I think we I think perhaps even all tribes all tribes in crypto, but the one that we're familiar with, the Ethereum tribe, might accidentally do that a little bit too much. And perhaps we did that to Arthur Hayes by, way back in the day. But like I'll, it's like a, a fair assumption to make. He like he did all the things to support Bitcoin and didn't do anything to support Ether. And so when like these things are tribal, you're like, what about my Coin?
0: Yeah, I, I guess I I think it, for me it was a, it felt like it was about more than that. Like it was about kind of like. Uh, another, you know, centralized exchange, kind of like, this is before really mm-hmm. the rise of DeFi, and we had any kind certainly. of alternatives, and BitMEX has so much power in the industry. Like, mm-hmm. Arthur was kind of like an SBF of his era yeah. at the time, which yeah. had like kind of this outsized control over markets, mm-hmm. or at least it felt like that, and certainly Bit- BitMEX did. And then kind of like this, this short position against Ether, it just felt very intentional. But right. now that I look at that, And on the back of all the things that I've read from Arthur since then of like Mm -hmm. very cogent market macro analysis, great writing, great explanations of things. And actually like the way he trades is on the months to years cycle with like a a fairly solid, uh, fundamentals based, uh, catalyst, not, Mm -hmm. he's not a narrative trader, which is super interesting to me. He's He's not a rotator, not a rotator. And and like I just kind of respect that. Yeah. Like in a way, I I think it's the slowest
1: form of trading possible before actually investing. Yeah. Like if you're if (laughs) you're any slower of a trader than Arthur, you're just an investor. Well, right. And
0: but like he's playing with maybe some products that um, an investor wouldn't play with too. That's another. Element not of necessarily.
1: It. I feel, well, I don't know. Does, if you're buying options, does that make you a trader? I mean, or an Warren, investor?
0: Warren Buffett's not like dicking around with
1: like many options and stuff. Guess he's so. just like buy long. And, but like, I guess. inherently point. a trading thing, I guess. There's a spectrum, right? And yeah, like, it's got to be a gamble, right?
0: Yeah. a little bit of a gamble. But I, I will say this is not just a, you know, in the last month, I've totally changed my view on Arthur. It's right. been a slow burn over the last like two to three years. And I've come to really appreciate it. And I I, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate it. Good writing will do too. that to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll, like, if anyone wants to learn how to uh, win, win uh, Ryan's heart here, just good just writing. Just good, good podcast, writing. too. Yeah. to be honest. Like, yeah. just hearing someone
0: articulate an argument. That's uh, a, This
1: is the first Arthur Hayes podcast since
0: when? When the last Arthur Hayes podcast? Oh, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't think Years? I've listened. I don't, I haven't listened to Arthur Hayes since I've heard him at like, uh, let me see. A conference. Consensus 2018 was the last time I this, heard him Is
1: this the first Arthur Hayes podcast in like forever?
0: Go YouTube it. Go, go I mean, go I'm research doing it. it. I'm
1: doing it. Three years ago, three years ago, five months ago. No, he wasn't there. Two years ago, three years ago, three years ago. Mmm, th- first podcast in like two plus years. Why? Why do you think he decided to come on?
0: Well, I mean, th- there's a reason probably for that gap, by the way, which is like yeah. legal his, troubles. Yeah. His stuff wasn't figured out yet. Yeah. And now there's n- another window of opportunity. But like mm-hmm. there's a reason everyone comes on a podcast, right? There's a, like whether you're trying to express your ideas, whether you're trying to win hearts and minds, whether you're trying to shill something, whether you're doing it's right. part of your job. Like there's a reason people come on a podcast. What do you think his reason was?
1: Yeah, we, we got him with the uh, the bait of hey, we're gonna like talk about the ETH merge. It's gonna be great for ninety minutes, so you should come on and join us because you are you're also doing that. He also obviously has so he's bullish on ETH, so like that's appropriate. Like if you're bullish on ETH, you might just A find yourself on bankless. Yeah. Um, and the other way, the other thing is like, he likes to express himself. He thoroughly enjoys writing and he thoroughly enjoys writing very expressively. He doesn't need to put all that flourishing language and metaphor and creative storytelling into his articles. He does that because he likes to ex- express himself and you can express yourself way faster on a podcast.
0: I actually think he would enjoy even more a podcast that was like purely debate format. Because I think the, the other reason he's uh, writing is to like hear the counter argument to his ideas Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so he's, he's both like, I think for him, the writing process is a debate against himself. And yeah. so if you're able to articulate a piece, like, and you kind of f- find the flaws in your own argument, you kind of argue against yourself. So you just sort of vet your trades and vet your investment ideas that way. That's kind of the first line. But then the second line of defense is sort of the community then calls BS on some of your ideas, points out where you're wrong, tells mm-hmm. you you're an idiot uh replies with some counter argument um and i think he appreciates that part of the the discussion too right yeah it's
1: like a peer review of the thing but yeah faster
0: yeah exactly so i would mm-hmm. like a debate type format could be cool too but
1: anyway mm-hmm. uh content wise i did but- really like his i denominate in energy i yeah. really liked that why'd you like yeah. that well because like how can you argue against that It's just like, it's a little bit of the trader because like if you're going to denominate in energy, which is like almost an impossible thing to denominate in, but the sentiment is there, but you therefore kind of have to be a rotator then, right? Because like, you know, Bitcoin is going to go up and down versus energy. Ether is going to go up and down versus energy. Fiat is going to go up and down versus energy. Energy
0: is the the currency of nature.
1: Yeah. Is that the takeaway? It's like you can't go any more further down in the basement than energy.
0: All right. Well, make the Bitcoiner link for me or tell me why Bitcoiners are wrong to say then. That's why proof of work, David.
1: No because, God! Did Arthur make that mistake work. too? No. Did he make that mistake?
0: No, I'm did not. He 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 was on the right side. He did not make that mistake. Are you sure? Not in that episode. I've never read anything about that where he equates like. I, th- I was worried
1: to. that he said that that like Bitcoin is energy, right? Okay.
0: Yes. Um, Cons- okay. He may have said Bitcoin is energy, but that's okay because I think he can also say. Money is energy. Capital is energy. It's okay. all an abstraction of energy. Value. Is he, wa- energy. he wasn't
1: saying that like proof of work is like this immaculate no. like, link between he was BTC. Not and saying asset. that, but that's the argument. Okay, so right. let's hear that argument. So, dumb argument. All right. Why is it dumb? Why is that a? Because because y- you consume energy to produce a Bitcoin. A Bitcoin does not produce energy. <laughs> a Bitcoin is not a claim. A Bitcoin is not oil on hash power it is It is not a claim on a, the electrical consumption of the Bitcoin network. It is a product of that. It is a one way flow of energy to consume it to produce bitcoins. You cannot go from Bitcoin into energy unless you're talking about Bitcoin as money, just like like ten dollar bill will make a person do ten push ups if you like that but what about
0: this idea of like, hey man, the geothermic activity like I could tap into a volcano, all of this excess energy. That can't be efficiently transported around the world. I can tap into that, all this unused energy, and convert that directly into Bitcoin. Ergo, energy can be converted to Bitcoin, which is money, and that's why proof of work.
1: But Bitcoin might not be money one day, and it could still consume electricity. Like... (laughs) So I heard, I heard this really good take recently where it was Bitcoin is an, uh Bitcoin mining is an arbitrage between the price of Bitcoin and the price of electricity, which is exactly what it is. Uh, it's that you will expend electricity to mine Bitcoins and the only reason why you would expend electricity if the Bitcoins are worth more than the energy, right? And so what that does, when as all arbitrage does, is that lowers the price of the expensive asset and raises the floor of the inexpensive asset. So what Bitcoin, is, Bitcoin mining, proof of work mining is doing, is it's making Bitcoins cheaper because miners are selling Bitcoins and it's making energy more expensive Because it's arbing those two things until they're at parity. And once they're at parity, then the miners turn their mining rigs off and they stop mining. And so you are making, Bitcoin miners is making Bitcoin cheaper because they're selling Bitcoins and they're making energy more expensive because they're buying energy. Maybe perhaps they're producing energy, but like they're sucking up the floor, the cheapest energy in the world, and they're raising the price floor of energy to something that's higher. And so, like, when I was thinking about that frame of reference, we're totally off tangent from Arthur Hayes right now, but when we're thinking about that frame of reference is that how can you say Bitcoin mining is green when you are just like sucking up the cheapest energy in the world and then raising the price floor so that it's higher?
0: Yeah, I, um, I, get, I get that take. Yeah, for sure. Like, but so, that, I mean, the thing for me is um, you could completely. Like you could completely abstract all of proof of work mining, like energy consumption. Mm-hmm and all of the cost that goes into buying the hardware and locating it it's just an abstraction
1: of like capital it's just capital yes yes it's just and capital
0: just like proof of stake is just capital once you kind of understand you don't get
1: points for being wasteful version of capital i exactly
0: uh anyway it's all capital was not making that argument but he was not okay so that what is appealing to you of this idea that my denominator is uh um, energy yeah energy my denominator is um basically you know uh claims on the ability to move an atom from right. one place to another.
1: Yeah, the, where it falls apart is at like the technical level. Like, if you actually try to apply this, like my, I would like my denominator to be the thing that can move the most amount of atoms. Like, whatever that is, gasoline, like electricity with solar panels, like that is always fleeting. Energy isn't really one thing; it's many, many things. I mean, fusion, it's Fu- f- very far away, but that right. could like obviate the right. need for oil or you know, right. Natural so, gas. like the denominator can definitely change, but like he's just getting straight to the crux of it, right? Where the more energy you have, you the more power you have. It's literally another word for power. And, you know, money is just really this thing that lets you exert your influence upon the world. Uh, and so, like, he's just doing that. Yeah. It's just he's not,
0: a, how do you practically do that?
1: Like, you can't practically. He's not literally, like, storing barrels of oil.
0: So all you're saying is that um, I have a denominator that is in a... Portfolio of store value assets mm-hmm. that I think will more directly, um, you know, keep keep track of and like more effectively denominate without diluting uh, the cost of energy or the price of yeah. energy. That's all I think. There's,
1: there's an interesting parallel here. Is like he didn't answer gold; he answered energy. And I think this is also the same debate between Bitcoiners and Ethereans where Ethereum like, you need your money to have utility. And Bitcoiners like, you need your money to be mimetic. mimetic. Like gold is a story. Energy is not a story. Energy like makes you not cold in the winter and puts food on your table. Gold doesn't do that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I also think that what's interesting is like um, gold is kind of a form of energy, right? It's like um, like from a chemical composition uh, yeah. perspective yeah. right and the periodic table of elements uh-huh. um you know how to how to um,
1: gold is a high state of energy it's and a, you
0: can't yeah i mean basically the you know gold itself as an element was created in the byproduct of a supernova so right. it's required that magnitude of the universe's energy output in order to create the element on the periodic table mm-hmm. which is gold right mm-hmm. and like you can't produce another ounce of gold for um, less than it costs less on the than open market. Co- exactly. Yeah. And so eh, that's kind of interesting to you, and that we've right. selected this thing. But like, it's it could, like it's, it's gold's proof of work. Exactly. But it could have just as easily been silver, which has these characteristics. But yeah. at, at other times in civilization, it has been silver. But mm. um, we haven't imbued it with this mimetic property of like moneyness. Right. Money is right. so interesting, dude. I like, yeah. I could, like, that's why crypto is so interesting to me is because. Money in itself is such a fascinating right. societal construct technology.
1: No one really thought about money when we only had like one or two forms of it. But now that we have like 17,000 different forms of it, Like, yeah. go oh, like, what is money? Oh, now that you have to guess, like, oh. Right. Um, is my energy money now?
0: Yeah, what should the next, like, I want to make sure I get the money that everyone else thinks is going to be the right. next money. And and I wanna I'm get not first. stuck in one of the yeah. bad money, so everyone yeah. is leaving. So yeah. now
1: you have to think about that. Um, I do think like if Arthur is denominating his like wealth in oil, there's su- there, there there's like something to say about like w- what I was going on in the podcast about like well it's it's not a coincidence that ether is called gas. Like it's literally yeah. digital energy for the metaverse. And so like it's this it's the petrodollar format but on ethereum in the metaverse. How it's the you, same kind of thesis. How do you
0: verse, like how do you move meat space at like meat space property? Mm-hmm. Oil, energy, oil how do you move metaverse assets, property assets
1: across the metaverse Eath. gas gas Eath. exactly yeah. uh-huh. anyway same, uh same.
0: what do you think about his uh, macro take on like the geopolitics of the things how like inflation yeah. is that a story that was unique to you or do you feel like we've also heard that
1: this st- the part that was unique is that like sweet now we have uh all of our geopolitical powers now warring uh with each other and we're decoupling energy from our money and that's like the last thing like when you decouple energy from your money then your money is literally worthless uh and so like that just made me think like hyperinflation 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 one theme
0: that i think we'll be returning back to because i think it's important david we haven't fully dug into it is that you know how we've been obsessed with understanding money and the macro and the monetary phenomenon like central bankers it's all sent it's all pal Powell. pals in the driver's seats. like so you know it's pal it's causing inflation all these things I think that is increasingly less true that Mm. this is in the hands of the central bankers. I think where it's moved is to from the from the hands of central bankers to the heads of nation states. So less Department of you know Treasury and the Fed, and more like Secretary of State and you know the the four star generals Mm -hmm. uh, and like the executive like the people people who control the monopoly of power. Yes. Because now we've already moved into a wartime, and I'm not talking about hot wars, although there is instances of that in Ukraine and Russia. But like, I'm talking about economic war, mm-hmm. and so the idea that Russia is using its weapon of power, which is we have energy, as as kind of like right. de- defense.
1: We have energy. What do you have? And the Fiat? U.S. Is,
0: yeah, the U.S. is like, well, we have you know global reserve currency status, and we can sanction you. And right. Russia's saying, yeah, go ahead and try. We will inflate your fiat currencies out of existence because we have the oil and we have the natural gas. We'll bring Europe to its
1: knees. And so can Powell save us from that? Do you think Putin and Powell and people at the heads of State are, like, privy to this? Because I can think there's a world where they are just, like, operating as, like, cogs in a machine, and they don't really understand the, the consequence of that. Like, Putin definitely understands that, like, they need to like Europe needs to buy Russian energy or else it'll freeze. But do you think he's also thinking the next step ahead where like, if America doesn't print a bunch of money to help pay Europe, then their, their fiat goes to zero. Do you think he's thinking that? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what level of chess
0: or 3d chess, like someone like Putin, but but I think he, well, but no, (laughs) but (laughs) I, but I think he knows like, it's just the base thing of, um, what leverage do I have? My leverage is energy. And if I restrict that energy, If I, like, what can I do to make my enemies kind of suffer or, like, to, dis, you know, disincent Mm -hmm. them from doing a particular thing? That's his weapon. And so he just, you know, he has the cudgel and he's just beating Europe over the head with it, right? And it's like, it makes sense.
1: That's what, you know, game theoretically you do. that cudgel hurts because it's literally energy.
0: Yeah, but, like, I guess the broader point of
1: energy cudgel
0: yeah the broader point of like, like starcraft weapon energy cudgel that's energy uh, cudgel. who would use that what's the race not the terran um do you know the that protoss. protoss yeah it's a protoss yeah. weapon there's all energy weapons
1: yeah but the, the cudgel is like too primitive for them yes yeah, <laughs> so okay so um
0: anyway the point that this is out of the central bankers hands i think david in this decade like last decade maybe it was all powell and central bankers money printing that sort of thing this decade i don't think that they're in the driver's seat anymore no. I think, like, war stuff And, the, and like, more. the
1: driver's seat is the highest level it could be, which is the the driver's seat of, like, yo, we got wars to fight. There's no, like, more supreme seat than that. That's, like, the last one.
0: Yeah, violence is the ultimate, ultimate settlement layer at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's interesting. So in order to be an investor in this decade, you also not only have to understand central banks, you also have to understand geopolitics mm-hmm. and, like, wartime type decisions and make mm-hmm. your investment decisions
1: based on that. Uh, that's going to be fun, David. I, I do think that he wasn't really ready to go this far, but just like people are going to get sick of Russia and Ukraine and Europe's going to get sick of everything and every the money's going to go to zero. Fiat money is going to be get broken everywhere. Every single country's fiat money is going to break. And then in the same way that like uh, the United States was the whole country, the one that wasn't decimated post World War II, it's going to be crypto is like the only money that's not decimated post all of this shenanigans. And so like everyone's like, well, all of your guys' economies are fucking broken, (laughs) but the metaverse is somehow still (laughs) working just fine. And so I'm going to use that metaverse money because that thing ain't broke anymore. You know, we left open in a few
0: ways for him to say that like you asked right. you, you asked that question in few I wanted a few him to ways. say that I yeah. wanted him mm-hmm. to say that um you know he wouldn't and, go that far yeah he wouldn't go that far because maybe that's a little bit of crypto hopium david yeah maybe that's, that's on us maybe that's yeah that's a
1: uh, that's a bankless bulls right there that's the bankless
0: <laughs> like that's really like that's crypto bullish content but yeah what i guess i don't know i don't know what, what is what
1: petrodollar left? 2.0 Back to uh, back to uh, the Bancor, the Bretton Woods Bancor. That just seems so unfeasible. Seems so unfuturistic. I don't think. Yeah, I I think in a mul- like every every nation state is gonna
0: gonna going to want their fiat to reign supreme. Obviously, right? And so, plus,
1: this like war era is gonna take minimum six months, probably something like eighteen months plus to really play out. Crypto is gonna be so fucking strong by then.
0: Oh, uh, I think the war era is like. I think this is a multi decade thing, David. I think this is. Like, oh God
1: yeah I think we're. does a, it
0: have to be uh, can't we do this in like three years or less we're in the very early stages of it I think there's uh, just clashes of power ahead well this is this is changing world order stuff right it doesn't generally happen yeah but
1: this, time goes faster now that's true I guess that's true um, but if there was like we don't a, want it to last more than five years yeah. that sounds like a bad time let's not talk about war anymore
0: anyway I think we need more content on the geopolitics <laughs> of the situation not <laughs> yes Yes, that's, <laughs> I think we need more war content. Yeah. Um, demographics was another interesting thing, but um, yeah. maybe let's move on to the Ethel case. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of his case?
1: He said. That the merge is more powerful than macro. I have been begging for someone to <laughs> say that on Bankless this entire time. And I finally get Arthur. D- Hayes David in
0: every bankless podcast. So is the merge is or the macro more, more bullish? Power, more powerful they're, they're always they like, meandered. well
1: it's kind of macro. Yeah. It's like somebody say the merge, god damn it. <laughs> Arthur Hayes said the merge. <laughs> Arthur Hayes said the merge. He fucking did it. Nice job. Well, Arthur. he
0: thinks this is a no-brainer trade because like yeah. no matter what happens eth appreciates relative to the other assets in his portfolio that's his thesis Mm -hmm. uh i mean dude i know you don't disagree but like what do you think of his articulation of it it's a trader's perspective
1: you have to put a time frame on this so like if we're like one two three months out post merge like i could totally see a world where that start hasn't started he's talking 3k by
0: december so there's his time that's
1: that's big
0: I That's mean, really big. This is,
1: you know, he's got
0: some options out on this, right? So there's expiring, yeah. that sort of thing. But like 3K by December, do you think that could happen?
1: What month is it? Dave, it's, it's August. It's not that big, man. All we need is like. Yeah, it's not that big. I mean, it, oh, I don't, it's not that big in price movements, but it would just. It would break the back completely, of the bolt, it would,
0: bear market, it, I think.
1: Yes, it would go completely against expectations and what it would. Everyone would, would be like, oh it's not a bear market. Like, yeah, it would break the back of the bear market. Yeah, for sure. Well,
0: That's why you get those options for cheap. And that's why there's like, um, some like
1: massive upside on that, I suppose. Mm Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no one would see that coming. No one's seeing that coming. Even my, my most bullish friends. I, if I went to them and said 3k by December, they'd be like, Hmm, (laughs) I guess, but like, are you sure? What's the one D equals one D thing for people who don't know? One D equals one B. Yeah. Oh, that's one D equals one B. Okay. Yeah. So one D equals one, equals one B. One dick equals one butt. Wow. That's the crypto dick butts.
0: <laughs> what are crypto dick butts? Why do they exist?
1: uh They're like, well, you know the dick butts meme, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the crypto dick butts. This is NFT NFT are there project. Are ten thousand
0: of them? No, it's five thousand. What's the floor price? Uh, three ETH, three point five ETH. How would you describe the crypto dickbutt community? What's the like the vibe?
1: Uh, okay. So one of the reasons why I like the crypto dickbutt community is because it's totally asynchronous from your average typical NFT community. So these are, like, crypto OGs and, like, DeFi OGs. They're not... This is not the NFT crowd. So, like, you have two... Like, we were actually talking about this. Me, Alex Edelman, and Aubrey Strobel were, were talking about this yesterday uh, when I had, I had them over for Smoked Salmon. And we were talking about crypto dick butts. Uh, And there's, like, two waves of crypto dick butts. One is, like, the OG, uh, the OG people who bought and, like, made, like the guy that made them, the OG, like, crypto dick butt owners. And then there's, like, the second wave, which is, like, Meltem Demir's... Uh, Evan McMullen, Aubrey Strobel, uh, Alex Edelman my buddy uh, Pierre uh, uh, Arthur Hayes Arthur Hayes now is in the second wave and so like it's this or is this like part of the crypto world that's totally not the NFT crowd and so like it's a asynchronous like uh, unexposed side to like the NFT crowd and I kind of enjoy it for that reason. But also, it's like it's like literally the Illuminati of crypto. <laughs> it's like the the people that have been here for super long that like are, have all the connections. And so like we were sitting, uh, like Jason Yanowitz from Blockworks was over, and we were having spoke salmon with him, and like he was the only one without a crypto crypto dick butt. And so like he pulled out his phone and bought one. Like, right next to us. Uh, and so, like, so now he's in it. And now his profile picture is a crypto dick butt. And this is Jason Yenowitz, the, the, one of the two co-founders of Blockworks, the other big media company in crypto. And so, like, it's literally the Illuminati of crypto, like, all owns, like, crypto dick butts. What about dick butts is so appealing? Is it that it's just, like, non In the same streamable? way that MFers are appealing, yeah. but, like, the MFers don't have the, the dick butt meme. And so the dick butt meme is 16 years old. So the dickbutt meme is like 16 years old. It's going to be around for 16 more years at the very least. So add the crypto prefix to that. And then what do you get? You get like crypto dick butts, <laughs> the so you know the TM <laughs> version of this meme. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, well, he's bullish on that too. And so, yeah, yeah we have
0: that in common. Uh, I don't have a dickbutt. I don't know if yeah. I should go. Otherwise, it, it
1: would be on your uh, display no, right there, I, wouldn't that, it? No, that's
0: <laughs> my kids walk into this office, David. You think i a giant, like, <laughs> what is crypto dick butt, yeah, giant dick butt on my wall. <laughs>
1: no, not doing that, Dad. What's that? Is That an NFT? Oh my god! Um, How much did you pay for that, Dad? Yeah, right. I'm gonna tell him that too. Um,
0: well, Hayes has stayed alive this long, so he's got yeah. he's got some. Uh-huh. I guess he's gonna be to around. Him, so it's gonna be around. What else? Anything else?
1: What does Hayes do next?
0: I don't know. We kind of asked him that, but like, it's probably an awkwardish question. Uh, near the end, yeah. to just um, because there's certain things he is probably yeah, doing once you dump all this say.
1: ETH from this trade uh, haze, what do you do with all that money? I mean, maybe he's just semi retired, like yeah. figuring out his next thing. That's the light. it's got a nice
0: apartment. sounded like, yeah, I wonder where that is. It's got a lot of light. I'm jealous of all that. Light <laughs> he's
1: got. All right, man. Uh, anything else? Um, no, nothing for me. It's been the guys. A, there's not that many big guests left. Oh yes, sir. Ray Dalio in this class. In this class
0: of guests, I guess. Yeah. Like who else is on our list? Dalio, Zuckerberg. Dalio, Zuckerberg. And then where do we go from there? Politics.
1: People, people don't like the politics episodes as much. Yeah, I. Um, I think we just do Drake and Vitalik seven hundred times and call it a call it a no
0: life. Do you know what? I um. I'd actually really like to get some of the kind of old school investors on here, like Stanley mm. Miller and
1: mm.
0: you know John uh, Paul. Paul Tudor Jones and some of those mm. folks too. Yeah, we could get them but one day.
1: All right, guys. First, I have to get bullish ETH. This but has been they're uh, going to be they're going to be buying the ETH after the merge. It sounds like trying to close this. Like, David, late David to has it. more to
0: say. You good?
1: Can't wait to dump dump on Paul Tudor Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been the debrief. See you later. Peace.